0: Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, and I will be reading from the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. Let us listen for the word of God. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Sons, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. A number of years ago, I was on vacation with my family, and I decided to go out for a brisk walk one morning. As I walked along in this small town, the toe of my shoe caught on a crack in the sidewalk, and I went down hard on my knees. It really hurt. The funny thing about this is that I fell right in front of a medical clinic, and a nurse who was getting out of her car saw me fall. And she rushed over to help me and said, let's go into the clinic and we'll take a look at your knee. And I said, oh, no, I'm fine. I don't need any help. Thank you very much. And I hobbled off in great pain. About an hour and a half later, I was back at the medical clinic, and that same nurse was looking at my knee, and I had a hematoma on it. That means it had just kind of really swelled up big, and I could not unbend my knee, and it took two months for it to heal. I tell you that story because I realize now I was very prideful. I didn't want anybody to know that I had fallen. Oh, horrors. They actually saw me. And so I did not allow the woman to help carry my mat in those moments, to help me to provide healing. I didn't want to appear weak. I didn't want to appear needy. And it seems to me that so often... There's this human tendency within us when something happens to us, we don't want anybody to know. Perhaps I'm like Hyacinth on the British sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. I want everyone to think everything is just perfect in my life. And I thought about these things as I read this story, and I wondered about the paralytic. Was he reluctant? Perhaps did he really want to go to Jesus? Or when his friends came, did he respond with eagerness and expectation? We don't know. The scriptures don't tell us. But what we do know is that he did agree to go, to be taken and carried to Jesus by his friends. And these friends were amazing friends. This man must have been loved very, very much because they were willing to go to extraordinary lengths to get him to Jesus. They did not lose heart. Instead, when the crowd would not let them through, they devised an amazing plan Let's go up on the roof, dig down, and lure him before Jesus. A piece of cake, right? Wrong. It was hard work. They had to carry him up to the rooftop. They had to dig through a hard, mud-thatched roof. No telling what happened to the people below, including Jesus, what fell on their heads in the process. And then they had to risk luring him down through that hole, on a flimsy mat, in front of Jesus. seems to me that these friends were bold, they were audacious, they were tenacious, they were determined, they were daring. And there is a wonderful word for this, a Yiddish word, it's called hutzpah. They had hutzpah, and they had a hutzpah faith as well because they weren't going to let anything get in the way of getting their friend to Jesus. And the interesting thing that happens when the man is Lord in front of Jesus, Mark tells us, and Jesus saw their faith. He says nothing about the faith of the paralytic. Instead, he focuses the attention on the faith of the friends, And what they have done to bring this man to him. And I think this calls us to pay attention then to what it means for a community, whatever the size of that community, whether it's four, even two, or a larger community. That when we come together in faith and bring our friends to Jesus, miracles happen. Indeed, they give us a beautiful model to follow because the man may not have ever been healed if his friends had not been involved. And I think this passage also calls us to pay attention to the connection that Jesus seems to make between forgiveness and healing. That at least in this instance, There was more going on within the man inside him that needed healing that was more important to deal with than the physical paralysis. And I think Jesus knows that when we allow things to come into our lives, negative emotions and feelings, unforgiveness, fear, anger, grief, whatever it is, that those things can paralyze us spiritually just as much as something can paralyze us physically. And so Jesus responds by saying to the man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And he might not have even dealt with the physical had not the scribes refuted his authority. But Jesus brought the wholeness to the man. And the man was able, in faith, to respond when Jesus said, stand up, take up your mat, and walk home. He was able to do it. I really identify with this paralytic because, in many ways, I am the paralytic, or I was the paralytic, Those of you who have known me in a long time know that for about five years I suffered with a very sore tailbone. So much so that I carried this lovely cushion with me everywhere I went because I couldn't sit unless I had it and be comfortable. It was my mat, if you would. The doctors couldn't figure out why I hurt. I couldn't figure out why I hurt. I just did. And then one morning I came to work and my administrative assistant at the time, her name was Dodie, stood in my doorway and she said, Could I have time off this afternoon? I want to go and have prayer with some people who are here from England who who pray healing for people. And I said, well, of course you can have time off to go for prayer. That's great. And then she began to tell me about the night before when those people, their names were Randy and Dorothy Vickers, some of you know them, had come to visit Nora and Bob Scott, and they actually had a healing service in our garden chapel. And Randy preached, and he and Dorothy both prayed for some of the people who were there, And healing had happened. My response was, oh, that's really interesting. I kind of rolled my eyes and thought, "Mm mm-hmm. A little bit later, Dodie stood in my doorway again and she said, I'm going now. Are you coming? And the way she said it made me know that I needed to go with her. So I agreed, and I went, and she got her prayer. And then when she came out, she said, now you go in and get prayer with Dorothy. I still didn't really want to do it, but I did. And there in Nora and Bob's home, Dorothy prayed for me. And as we talked and prayed, Jesus began to reveal to me that I was holding on to a bunch of stuff. I had a lot of grief in me. I had some anger in me. I had fear of the future. And I didn't even know that I needed forgiveness nor did I realize I needed to forgive some others. Nor did I realize that I also needed to forgive, are you ready, God. Because I figured God had done some of these things to me. And so as as she prayed over me for all of these things that I had held on to for so long, the love of Jesus just washed over me. And I felt his forgiveness, and I felt release, and all that that I had carried for so long just began to melt away. I had inner healing that changed my life. And when I came out of the room, Dodie said, now you need to go and pray with Randy. And by that time I said, of course I will. So I went And Randy, not knowing what had been prayed before, began to pray over me. And as he did, the realization came that all this stuff that I had held on to, this unforgiveness, I had really stuffed it deep down inside myself so that I didn't even know that I was carrying it. And I kept pushing it down subconsciously until, guess what? I sat on it. For five years, I sat on it. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit came over me, and the Lord's healing power touched my life again, and the physical healing came. That day, I had four friends who took me to Jesus. I didn't even know I was on a mat Dodie and Nora and Dorothy and Randy took me to Jesus and I received both an inner and an outer healing. It changed my life forever and I found new joy and new life that I have and continue to have every day. This is a community of people that care for one another who seek to carry the mat for one another. We do it in a lot of ways. We do it when we volunteer in the prayer room and are willing to pray for an hour for the needs and concerns and illnesses of others. We do it when we gather in small groups or in Sunday school classes. I know the choir prays for each other. We do it when we're willing to stop and pray with a friend when they need it. We carry their mat. We carry them to Jesus. There's a group of people who create prayer shawls that you see here at the chancel rail. They're tangible signs of our prayers and a way that we can allow people to feel wrapped in those prayers and be carried to Jesus, even though we don't know them. It happens when people come and stand here every Sunday, ready and willing to carry anyone's mat for whatever reason, either theirs or someone else's, and pray for them. We are a community that cares, but there is still work to be done. We still need to spread the good news that Jesus heals today and can heal us in powerful ways. We may not all need healing like the paralytic, but I can bet we all need healing in one way or another. Today's scripture calls us to be such a community of mat-carrying people. So my prayer is that we will be willing, like the paralytic, to be taken to Jesus. And that we will be willing to carry the mat of others who need him desperately. As we do so, perhaps there will be those who say, we've never seen anything like this. Amen.